0: At LuckyLandslots.com Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Good afternoon, wherever you're listening. My name is Dale O'Donnell. And listen are to another episode of the StrattyCast. This week, we have an interview with singer-songwriter Tom Grennan. Talk about Port Manchester United representing the club at the e Premier League FIFA tournament not long ago. And he's the album he's bringing out very soon. Um, but just before that, I'm going to touch on a few topics that are concerning Manchester United at the minute. The first one is, is the Premier League, who are trying to bring a plan together for next month to bring back football to play the remaining fixtures and conclude the 2019-20 season. But there's six teams that are objecting to, and funnily enough, those six teams are bottom six, which include Brighton, West Ham, Aston Villa, Watford, Norwich and Bermuda. Now obviously those clubs trying to stay in the Premier League, don't want to be relegated, and that's their circumstance, there's no denying it. But for the rest of the clubs, they want the Premier League to resume. Manchester United, for instance, the Europa League were still in and the FA Cup were still in. And top four, five top four, you You'd have to fancy your chances with the players that we have coming back fit. The form we were in prior to the suspension, um, 11 games unbeaten across all competitions, you had Bruno Fernandes in, in flying form, you had Gallas scoring goals and coming in, doing what he was asked to do, um, be a proper centre-forward and offer something a little bit different to Martial, which, for the Frenchman, it gave him a kick up the backside. Soldiers are seeing better results from him and he's he scoring goals consistently. And that's what Manchester United need. And I think with the, the attitude of, of, the, of the players, the soldiers brought in, the kind of mentality that he wants the players to have there's there's a there's competition for places. Um, there's leaders in the dressing room again, and I think there's a there's a lot of progress being made. But yeah, we definitely want the season to resume. But most importantly, it happens when it's safe to do so, and that's where the experts have to come in to make those decisions. And it has to pass safety measures um, after the Premier League clubs have a vote on Friday. It's not wouldn't even be set in stone it after that vote but it's interesting to see what happens with the safety measures because if, <coughs> if players start picking up symptoms, listen to me cough now, it sounds like I have symptoms, but um, if players are picking up symptoms, will that slow the process of football returning? And, and really, like when people look back on this, if this happens and it's a disaster, people are going to look back in the Premier League and how they prioritised wealth over health, um, so big decisions to be made. Gary Neville's been commenting this week about how you don't hear any chief executives or directors coming out comments on it because no one wants to be in the spotlight talking about this. They're all frightened. So that's interesting to keep an eye out and see if people do start <coughs> coming out speaking about it. Um, another thing with Manchester United is, of course, safe standing. Now the club got a got their um proposal for, for, for barrier seat and approved by Trafford Council, which means that we will have safe standing at in, in Old Trafford next season, or when it's safe to, for football to return, and not just return because the talk now is having games behind locked doors, but when it's safe for fans to return, and we have, have mass gatherings again but the, the timing of this is very, very strange, because it, it, it's been a long time coming the introduction of safe standing, people have been arguing for and for against it for years and I think the reasons for definitely outweigh the reasons against um emphasis on, on safe standing of course but this will help boost the atmosphere of Old Trafford of course people um being outstanding throughout the game a designated area where you have fans of like-minded fans who want to sing songs and that's the whole point. Um for years people have moaned the atmosphere of at Old Trafford people have called it a library we know the United's away following is um, superior um, in terms of atmosphere. <clears throat> so it really is a 12th man. Whereas at home, you don't quite get that. And there's definitely definitely ways we can improve it and safe standing. I think is definitely the right decision. <coughs> um, another story that's featured this week is of course that United's search for director of football has apparently ended. That comes from Laurie Whitwell. At the Athletic Um A really good reporter Who we've had on the blog Doing a question and answer session Um Very reliable When it comes to Manchester United news So I do advise you To check out his work Um But I'm not really convinced By the outcome of this Because it claims that United has search for Directed football it Has ended They're satisfied With The direct line They have between Solskjaer And And Ed Woodward But I think, I think That's where I'm concerned Um the search for a director of football I think it was promised along the lines that united would have, would set up something with long term with long term view regardless of who's in charge managerial wise and that director of football would be in charge of first team development in charge of bringing in the signings that the uh, that fit the mold of a Manchester United player and that would be their job um working hand in hand of course with the manager but when two years ago, when news came out that we were looking for a director of football, my biggest fear was, are they going to find one who's happy to, to work almost under Ed Woodward? Uh, because I, I just couldn't imagine Woodward taking his power away because the, the Glazers are happy with, with the work he's doing. Commercially, they're making money. Um, I don't know how the, the COVID-19 pandemic and the financial crisis to follow will, will impact that. But Ed Woodward, for the most part, is <clears throat> on good terms with the, with the Glazers. And there's no way to deny that. So his job is safe. And I think by bringing a director of football, the the high life maybe of, of his job, where he can build his reputation and massage his ego by, by signing big players and marquee signing and spending, splashing money, that would be taken. Um, He'd be under the radar. And I think he's probably someone that, that likes to see his name in the headlines, regardless of whether it's negative or positive. That uh, he he's fucking gone in and hired the the ex-chief writer of, of the Sun, Neil Ashton, to to spruce up his PR and and to and to make his, and to shine his narrative. Um. So he is someone that I think likes to hang his coat on big headlines. And the director of football, pff, their job. It, it, the reason why I'm concerned with this is. You bring in a director of football who knows the football industry. We've already learned that 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 is not the case with Ed Woodward. He's a businessman first and foremost. And he's a great track record at that. But when it comes to football, the biggest club in the world, Manchester United, should have someone designated who knows the industry inside out, (coughs) can see the curves, can see the forward thinking, what's happening, new trends, and what players are coming about and having the right scouting networks. I don't think Ed Woodward um, has that. He might have dealt... A lot of deals with Mino Raiola and, and 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 know him, and he, he might have done a great deal with getting what matter and how that all, all that turned out when Chelsea initially wanted Wayne Rooney. But for the most part, how well does Ed Woodward know the the, the transfer market? Um, our signings since soldiers come in have have seen a drastic improvement in our recruit, recruitment, but. I think with the help of a director of football who knows the market inside out. That can only get better, and Ed Woodward still making the decisions. Let's not forget that how he turned his back on Jose Mourinho. Mourinho saw the, the, the arrivals of Eric Bailly and Victor Lindelof. He decided a summer later he wanted a new centre back. He wanted a war class centre back. Raphael Varane was was touted, and there was a number of names thrown in the mix. Diego Godin, Toby Alderweireld. There was a number of players thrown in the mix. But he didn't get that player. And that was because Woodward held it against him that you signed two defenders previously. They cost X amount. Why am I going to trust you to go into the go into the transfer market and sign another defender? Now, he went into a new season on the back of that. Clearly, Ed Woodward didn't trust him anymore and wasn't back to going into a new season. So... Can we trust Ed Woodward to continue this role? I don't think so. I really don't. Um, and look, the summer will tell. It's going to be a difficult summer with the the, the aftermath of, of the of COVID-19. And we, we still don't really know if the transfer is going to go ahead, which makes it kind of daft to be reporting on transfer news. We have been doing the blog because if it's related to Manchester United, we're going to cover it. But it does feel strange. We don't know when the season's going to resume. If the season doesn't resume in time, what does that mean for next season? And it, then does that take a, a toll on the transfer market? Will it start later? Will it be longer? Will it be shorter? There's a, there's a lot of decisions to be made. And UEFA and all the government bodies will have to come up with the answers. But yeah, um, coming up is the interview with Tom Grennan. Hope you enjoy it. You can watch the, the video f- f- format of it on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash News. It's only available there, so make sure you subscribe and spread the word, because we do need the support. Enjoy the interview. Thank you. I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Grennan, brilliant singer, a Manchester United fan. Someone that represented Manchester United not too long ago in the Premier League FIFA tournament. Tom, how are you?
2: I'm very well, mate. Just, uh, you know, on lockdown. Just saved a pigeon um, <laughs> from being tortured in, in some, like, he got caught up in, in a fence. So, just did that. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive.
1: You did your good deed for the day.
2: Did my good deed for the day.
1: Brilliant, so, so what are you up to in lockdown? Are you writing music?
2: Um, No, I'm, do you know what? Because I've just finished writing my album, my creative kind of part of my brain kind of turned off. So I've kind of just been learning, man. I've kind of been learning how to play piano a bit. I've been reading a lot. I've been uh, just hanging out with family. Um and just really really just trying to learn as much as i can in this time
1: yeah it was my girlfriend that introduced me to to your music with the first album and like, matches and i'm a big fan of it
2: the whole like process of of se- of the second album's been so much more enjoyable than than the first because i actually had something to talk about um, and i'm not saying i didn't have it in my f- in the first album but yeah this time it runs deeper where like I was in a relationship and I had to come out of this relationship and I had to go home to my mum and dad and kind of I had to realize that I was the toxic one in the relationship. This whole album's not about like feel sorry for me soppy doppy. It's actually the other way around where it's like I was actually a bit, a bit of a a bit of a prick really and I had to realize that and but also I didn't I didn't love myself so I couldn't love someone else and okay. unfortunately that's how it happened and I had to learn how to love myself before I could love anybody else, and that's the full and full reason why it all split up, and that's what I wrote about. And it's quite—it's a personal album. And Lighter Matches was wasn't very wasn't really a personal album to me. It was uh, it was more kind of learn on the job. Um, because I, hadn't, I hadn't really done it before, so um. This one, I knew what I was doing, I knew what I wanted to speak about. This whole process of, of second album has been has been has been way more enjoyable. It's been more more like therapy more than anything.
1: You can see you have a lot of background and story in this new album then, but when I listen to your stuff I can see a lot of influence, I can see Pel Nutini. Um I, I can imagine when you were younger you might listen to bands like The Cooks um, uh, Arctic Murphy's Yeah
2: man, and that's what the first uh, this that whole first album got placed in, in in an indie kind of yeah. category, and I fucking hate indie, like, I'm, it's not that I hate indie, because I love indie, like, I love listening to indie, I love, like like you say, I love Arctic Monkeys, like, I love, um, I love Kooks, I love Bombay Bicycle Club, I love all these indie bands, but I am not indie, and I don't, and that's the first record, I think all them influences, from what I was listening to, when I was younger, came out in that, in that first album, but, I've found my, my my sound now I think.
1: Yeah.
2: Um and the music that I like like I love and the music that I wanted to make was soul music. I wanted to make which had influences of soul, which had influences of Motown, which had influences of uh, a little bit of like hip hop. Um but but I wanted wanted to be I didn't want to make guitar music, man. Like I didn't want to do that. I did. and like being generally honest with you. I didn't really want to do that in the first place with my career, but that's the, that's what, that's where, where my, the first bit of my journey came to. Um, and I'm always going to be thankful. I'm always going to be grateful for that, but I'm, I'm not an, in, I'm when I, I take back what I just said about, I fucking hate indie. Cause I don't hate indie, but I, don't, I fucking hate being, being put in that category of indie because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not
1: How would you describe Your music then How would you describe Yourself as an artist
2: uh, well, Right now With the music I'm making now mm. um, I don't like Putting myself in, Into a genre Because Like you say like And this is why I'm taking back That I, that I hate indie Because I don't But Like Maybe I do have Hints of indie in me mm. But I'm a I'm a massive soul boy I'm a massive Like I love Like Ray Charles I love um, Marvin Gaye I love curtis mayfield i love solomon burke but then i love like kendrick lamar i love
1: yeah
2: i love like old dre beats i love i love adele i love pop music too don't get me wrong i love pop music so i wanted to i wanted to go more down the down, down the cool current pop world not rather than fucking skinny jeans and indie music
1: i get ya. <laughs> Um, I, I read that you you broke a record for 10 gigs in 12 hours. Yeah. How, how was that possible? What happened there?
2: Oh, we just, we went, we, we went around uh, just England, bloody just doing loads of, loads of, loads of gigs. It was good, man. It was fun. It was, uh, it was tiring, but no, it was fun.
1: You must, yeah. H- how long did it take you to recover from that?
2: Ah, uh, not too long, man. Do you know it was on the day that England lost lost in the semi-finals in the World Cup, so I was recovering from that really. Okay,
1: I gotcha. See, so, yeah. Even you know, though, that,
2: even though I've got Irish blood, I, I'm, i I'm, I support, I support both England and Ireland, man.
1: Of course. Uh, so, so before you got into music, you had a stint playing football as well for Luton Town. Yeah. How did that go? How how did it how did it end? How did how did you dip into music then after that?
2: I just didn't get better at football, mate. I I was good when I was like in my teenage years, and then uh, I just didn't progress really. I just didn't get better, and then other boys got better than me, and then I got released from playing. And then I was meant to go to America and play, and then I just didn't fancy it. And then alcohol, women, and and parties got involved, and. And then uh, my friend had a had a karaoke party. he um, well, we didn't have a party karaoke, but it was a karaoke machine, and I ended up jumping on that and just don't know. It just happened from there, really. Everyone was like, "Wow, you can sing!" I was like, "What?" I didn't sound like the way I sound like now, but um, that was the days of like of the indie of like listening to Kooks, listening to Arctic Monkeys. So I used to like try and replicate. Like Alex, Alex Turner's voice and, and stuff like that, but now I just I'm lucky that I found my own voice and I stepped away from. Well, it's not that I stepped away because Arctic Monkeys is my favourite band, but I stepped away from putting a Sheffield accent on anyway.
1: <laughs> I think he's even done the same thing. Uh, yeah. But, but, but yeah, from being a United fan, I have to ask you: When was your first game? When was the first game you're at?
2: Um, probably when I was like twelve, because I'm 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 far from Manchester, and my mum and dad couldn't really take me that couldn't take me. When I was a kid, so when I was about twelve, my dad luckily enough got some tickets from a friend, and we went to see. It was Man United versus Bolton, and we beat them four 0 and Ronaldo scored like two, and it was uh yeah, it was a good day that man. So
1: brilliant, and your your favorite player that I'm guessing you said Ronaldo there is he's obviously up there.
2: Uh yeah he was he, yeah he's an amazing footballer. But I'd say like my favorite ever player is probably Paul 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 Scholes.
1: Paul Scholes yeah. Absolutely, yeah, like a ping a ball, all right. Um, uh, yeah. you, you represented United recently in the Premier League team. You were knocked out by Liverpool right back Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, uh, yeah. how how did that come about? How did United you know, come come looking for you?
2: I think because they had deals with Pro Evo, so they couldn't play play FIFA. So they just asked about who was a fan and played FIFA. And obviously, I played FIFA and I'm a fan. But I thought I had Trent in the first half, man. I fucking, <laughs> I was like, he's not even that good. But then. I think he brought out. He brought it all out in the second half, where he just literally kept me alive.
1: I I, I always play FIFA. This is the first year now I haven't um, haven't played it at all, but I must get back into the swing of things. But yeah, obviously the that was great and um, publicity with the new album to do that with United. I, I imagine. Yeah, man.
2: Um, being a supporter of United, it's mad to even know that they know about me. So it's great to it's great to be involved with 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 my club, and that'll be. Unbelievable, you know.
1: Your all-time best United five-a-side.
2: Um, I'd have Paul Scholes in there. I'd have Ronaldo in there. I'd have Bex in there. Um, I'd have Rashford in there. How many's that? Have I said Rashford?
1: No, you haven't said Rashford. Yeah. Four in it. Yeah.
2: I need a keeper. Fuck.
1: That brings down the debate yeah, to here. Van der Zaar or Schmeichel. I'd have
2: Van der Sar, you know.
1: Really? Yeah. It's it, it's something that's popped up a lot since we're on lockdown. People are having debates on Twitter is the who is the best goalkeeper to play for United. Um, and I've been, there's quite a few I, mentions. vanders there.
2: mate, he was amazing, mate. Mm,
1: top class. Um,
2: and I think he loved, he loved. Like I'm not saying De Gea don't like like being there, and I, I he's an unbelievable keeper. But there's sometimes I feel like doesn't really fancy it anymore.
1: He's not the, he's not the most vocal. Um and and in, in the past season or so he's he has made some mistakes. Another one, obviously, you've been to games. You, you hear the music they play at Old Trafford before a kickoff. If you had one song to pick of your own, what would it be to play at Old Trafford? I'd have my new
2: one. Oh please!
1: Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: man. I think my my favorite song for your first album was um little by little. Uh, little by little love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, watching United this season, what have you of it? You've been happy with Solskjaer, you've been happy with the new players. I love
2: Solskjaer, man. Like Roy Keane said, it, said, a, said a good thing where like you need to give the manager time. You can't just come in and and change things overnight. And it's a long journey. It's a long. It's a long thing. So everybody saying to get rid of Oli, I don't think. I don't. I don't think we should, man. I think give him another year. Give him another two years. Um I think we'll get the old United back soon enough. I think we need to get rid of a few players. I think we need to bring in a few players. Um But I
1: think with the, with the players he's brought in, I think the, the, the end of last season you would have said that the United team was quite quite unlikable. Um, they were dropping their heads in games. So the attitude was quite bad. And I think this season with the players he's brought in, it's a nice team again. They're they're making progress. But but if you had um. You the choice to bring in a player in the summer. Who would you bring in?
2: I'd bring James Madison
1: Madison, yeah. Yeah. Even I if Pogba not. stays.
2: Nah, I don't, I don't fancy Pogba at all, mate. To be honest. I think he's
1: burned too many. Bruises. He's
2: decent. Huh? I am, man. I just don't. I just don't. He's not. He's not even that. He's not. He's not what. The, he's not a player that everybody thinks he is. I think he's. I don't think he's that good. He can ping a ball. He's strong on the ball, fair enough. But against mate, Madison had him in his pocket the last time we played. They they played against each other. So nah, man, sling him off, mate. I think
1: Madison's a quality player, and Jack Reedish another name that keeps popping up with the whole lockdown. With the strike news, at the moment we're kind of. You know, missing football, missing matches, and we haven't got a lot of things to report on. Yourself, you've obviously had gigs lined up in the summer. What, what's happening on that front? Oh,
2: mate, same as everybody. I'm kind of, it's everything's on pause. Everything's kind of up in the air, man. I don't really know, mate. As soon as I can get back gigging, I'll be getting back gigging. But right now, health is what matters. And Absolutely, yeah. The government will obviously put us, will put us bring back things gradually, and hopefully gigs will be back by the end of the year but who knows man and if not then next year will be the, be the year mate
1: yeah you just have to stick to it because look when you're next in Ireland I'll be making sure to get tickets Tom Go and see you yeah, yeah man, 100% look forward to it and thanks for joining the podcast I know it's only, it's only a quick chat to talk about mate podcasts. always
2: man and all to all the Irish lot listening believe me I love you I'm one of you Oofaliano
1: come on <laughs> thanks a million Tom really appreciate Bye, that brother. man take it easy brother.